93.5 Crowther Radio, Abuja, and the unbeatable team of analysts, as well as very informed listeners to add your voices on issues of governance. The podium. Program that makes your day every weekday. On this dial, it's always a bear. Pleasant morning to you, Abuja. Wherever you're tuning from, you're into your multiple award-winning station, Love 145, here on the Hills Mbappe in the nation's capital. Today is Friday, and um, it is the first day in the month of July. So let me say happy new month to you, wherever you're listening to from. Um, welcome to the podium. The podium is our current first flagship program on policy, strategy, and good governance. My name is Peniel. And today being Friday is Anaya Paul's Day, the day we discuss Nigeria in numbers and in figures. I have um, Patricia in the studio already. Patricia, good morning to you. Hi, Penya. Good morning and happy new month to you. Thank you very much. Happy new month to you too. Thank you. Right. Um, on the podium today, we'll be looking at um, maternal and neonatal child health. Now, evaluating interventions and um, priorities and gaps, or interventions, investment, priorities and gaps. First, one will be wondering, when we talk about neonatal, what is the meaning of neonatal? Okay, uh, it's actually relating to newborn children or other mammals. Special attention given to mortality in the neonatal period. We're talking about children newborn kids that's what we'll be looking at today evaluating it interventions that have been made the investment we're making priorities and also the gaps that we need to fill in the rate at which we give birth every day is on the high or is on the increase however do we have adequate adequate equipment conducive environment to have these children right these are some of the issues we'll be looking at today the environment is it conducive and we have enough equipment have we invested enough in our you know in our health sector to be able to you know have babies delivered and delivered safely just yesterday you know someone called me yesterday and told me 
Oh, Penio, my neighbor. Look at what happened to my neighbor. She gave birth through CS. And in the process, the mother died and the baby is alive. We have such cases almost on a daily basis. And for this babies that you know are alive in the absence of their mothers do we have is the environment conducive to raise these children to see these children through their infancy age to when they grow up yes these are some of the things we'll be looking at and that's why we'll have them on evaluating interventions investment priorities and the gaps well um patricia let's yeah. hear from you let's um okay so um this is a governor snap poll the governor snap poll is um, conducted every month at nri polls and the purpose of the poll is to gauge nigerians and um, perception on um, performance of the government generally um, comparing it from a month ago like at the time it's conducted against a month ago so for every month so we um, ask nigerians how well or how they approve the performance of the government generally and then we get them to rate um, all the various sectors in nigeria how they would rate the performance of the government how they have performed in various sectors so um, this conversation will be focusing on the health sector as well and it's based off of the ratings to which Nigerians have rated the performance of the government in the last um, one month. So we had asked Nigerians and I'd um, like to state that this um, survey was when we conducted this survey, it cut across all the six um, geopolitical zones and across all occupation so we had asked nigerians um, do you approve or disapprove the performance of the government in the last um, in the past one month and we had 16 percent who stated that they approved the performance of the government in the last one month and we had 65 percent who affirmed that they disapprove of the performance of the government in the last one month however we had 19 percent who stated that they neither approve nor disapprove that's to say that they are in between, in between. yes so if we have to even break down the disapproval we have 35 percent of nigerians who stated they just disapprove of the performance of the government and 30 percent who stated that they strongly disapprove of the performance of the government in the last one month and when we look across intent for those who disapprove of the performance of the government when we look across geopolitical zones we this in terms of disapproval across all geopolitical zones we found out that nigerians across all geopolitical zones accounted for the proportion of those who say they disapprove of the performance of the government so we went on to ask okay we have um, several sectors and several indices to also which we're also using gauging their performance in these sectors and we um, had asked them to rate the performance of the government in the following um, sectors and the indices we have in all these sectors we have infrastructures we have in healthcare we have the environment climate change we have agriculture education security amongst other indices so we had asked them to rate the performance of the government in terms of infrastructure 
Nigerians rated the performance of the government 17%. In terms of health care, Nigerians rated the performance of the government in, in 16%. So this was also what um, spurred the conversation and why we decided to focus on the health sector because of its 16%. Like everyone knows, health is wealth. Mm. So, I mean it's very important for us to also um, focus on this conversation and talk about like the health sector so our focus like he had stated is on maternal and neonatal child health so to evaluate um, evaluating the interventions investment priorities and then the gaps within the health system so these are some of our um, key findings from the poll you know little wonder why many nigerians who have the means to go about it mm. really don't like to give birth in the country mm. you see them they travel out of the country to go deliver their children mm. and then um, in the process they make them by as a reason of by virtue of them being given birth to in that country they are natural citizens immediately mm. uh, they kind of leave the system here dilapidated or in a comatose then they travel out and get what they want while you know the poor nigerians the masses are left to suffer the brunt well this morning we'll be speaking with a public health expert peter oshaji via phone to hear his own side perhaps as an expert and what can be done to bridge these gaps because the gap is really wide hmm. beyond just giving birth to children we have seen why most of our you know health centers are not functioning properly because our leaders don't patronize these centers mm -hmm. they don't patronize the centers uh, just um i think um one of the senators, Senator Rochas Okorocha, who you know was arrested by the EFCC some weeks back before the primaries, has actually approached the court, asking the court to grant him permission to travel outside this country for his own for medical checkup. It's not a new story to us that Mr. President, the number one citizen of this country, don't use any of our hospitals. When he's going for medical checkup, he travels to the UK. Mm. So in that case, how do we expect okay, our health sector to be revamped? Mm. How do we expect to get what we want as citizens when those who actually run some of these offices don't patronize don't use our health facilities i would also like to say i mean like the health system the health system consists of all organizations mm. people actions whose primary intent is to promote and restore and maintain health for people but it's evident even from the ratings that nigerians have rated and we see this happening in our everyday life that the nigerian healthcare system is poorly managed and poorly developed it suffers in all spheres and we are talking about in terms of the structure in terms of the system in terms of facilities i mean we see this happen 
day to day and while the focus is on pregnant mothers or expecting expectant mothers it also affects every other person mm -hmm. like when we look at accident victims we look at people who um, who fall sick who are ill they don't have confidence in the health system they don't believe that when they get to the hospitals they are able to get as much um, treatment treatment and health care that they need which shouldn't um, be so so I mean when we look at the and maternal health is something that is very very important because when we look at the phase or the stages of it it's not um, it's a very um, delicate and very sensitive time or period in a woman's life so when we talk about maternal health it refers to the health of a woman during pregnancy childbirth and postpartum period and according to um, UNICEF globally about 810 women die each day from preventable complications complications related to pregnancy so um, look at I'm going to lay emphasis on the word preventable so these are things or these are um, situations that can be prevented and how do we prevent these things when we have proper medical health system in place when we have a proper medical structure in place Okay, we'll be speaking now, like I told us earlier, with Mr. Peter Oshaji, a public health expert, to hear his own opinion on this before we open the phone line. When you talk about health, it affects each and every one of us, one way or the other. It affects us all, one way or the other. For some people, you know, some people like Patricia have said, have lost confidence in, um, in our health sector. Hence, some resort to self-medication. Why for some people, what they do is do harbor. Some people just, women get pregnant. Sometimes they even don't go for antenatal because for them, they feel it's not necessary. The education now, we're talking about gaps here also. Have we been able to bridge this gap? To make them realize the importance of some of those processes and um, why they should believe in the system. We'll try to reach out back to Mr. Ochaji, Oshaji, Peter. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Good morning to you, Mr. Peter Oshaji. Thank you very much. Good morning to you. How are you today? I'm very good. And you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Let me start by saying happy new month to you. Yeah, happy new month. Uh, we've gone halfway. Yeah, we'll okay. say. To God with the glory. Thank God for that. Just to let you yeah. know, we're live on air this morning on Love 104.5 FM here in Abuja. Oh, great. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, sir. Well, um, Mr. Peter, looking at yeah. um, our health sector, uh, what can you say, let's start by, what can you say about our health sector in terms of, you know, maternal care? Yeah, thank you very much. So, uh, just to take a step back to say that, you know, Nigeria um, has been making a lot of efforts in the area of his health sector but we are yet to see a lot of um, impact of that. We know that um, there's a process of putting 
putting in inputs and then gradually beginning to see output and then outcome, then probably you can say impact, you know. But um, uh, there are a lot of inputs are going into the health sector. Gradually, we are beginning to see some reasonable outputs pushing towards the direction of good outcomes. But I would say that we are still uh, very much backwards in terms of ranking uh, globally and uh, even in terms of um, what people get at the health facilities. We all go to the hospitals. We know how things are. and We are not where we should be. Um, so obviously, we'll say that there's still room for a lot of improvement. Or well, if I'm going to spe- specific now to the area of maternal health care, if we look at the trend, especially based on indices from 1990 all the way till the last NDHS uh, that was done in 2018, we'll see that our maternal mortality rate has been uh, a bit top is not really making progress. We will say that we are very slow in making any reasonable progress. We are, as we speak, over 50,000 women still die every year in Nigeria because of a pregnancy, uh, because they are pregnant, because they want to give life to someone else. And we always say that uh, it's, 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 it's sad to see someone trying to give life, losing her own life. And, you know, that is uh, not how the order should be, you know. So oh, with this kind of um, uh, situation, it shows that we are still far from where we should be. We, globally, we are a population of over 200 million. It's just 2.5% of the global population. But we contribute more than 10% of the global maternal mortality, which is we shouldn't be. Uh, we, our, when we talk of neonatal mortality, it's also even worse because uh, we are losing 262,000 babies every year. Say that and again, in the please. World, 200 no, about 262,000 babies die at birth in Nigeria every year. And that, that makes us the second position. We are always one of the best when it comes to the worst indicators, the indicators that shouldn't be harder for a country of our caliber with the quality of human resource we have, the quality of brains that we have, yet we are lagging behind when it comes to basic indicators and indices of health. In in Our infant mortality rate is also very poor. Over 69 children and 1,000 live births die while they are infants. For under five, as before they become five years old, we, we, we walk out 28 out of 1,000 children, live births, we die before they, they, they have their fifth birthday. So it's, it's very, it's very uh, sad to see that we are, we, in spite of all the inputs, as I mentioned earlier, there's little outputs coming, especially in the area of maternal, neonatal, child health in our country. Thank it, you very much. It, it's really disturbing um, looking at the statistics you just gave out now. Now, if we take a look at 10 best hospitals in Africa, right? Uh, yeah. There's no Nigeria in it. Right? There's no Nigeria in it. And with our population, 
with the amount of resources we have, it's not a good one for us. What so, is the cost of this? So I would like to get your first line clearly. I said, again, what is mind. the cost of this? I said, looking at 10 best hospitals in Africa, oh, Nigeria okay. does not come anywhere near the 10. Yeah. You have countries like Tanzania, yeah. you have countries like yeah. Kenya, um, you have countries, yeah. you have South Africa, of course, you have Egypt, um, you yeah. have um, Egypt again, um, South Africa, you have Tunisia, and um, you have Morocco. And there's no Nigeria. Looking at our population, one, looking at the resources at our disposal, two, yeah. what do you think is the cause of this? Yeah, so it's not the reason is not far-fetched. It's, it's just that we have uh, not invested um, in the right area, and um, when we invest, when we are making investment, our investments are not optimal, and um, we are not, um, you know, looking at the global uh, uh, trajectory when we are doing some of these things. While we are building some of these hospitals, are we deliberate about trying to say, oh, Nigeria should have at least three out of the uh, maybe ten best hospitals in Africa? Is that a vision for any any anybody? Or we had that anywhere? Nobody nobody is looking at that. Rather, we just build another health center that's poorly manned. They don't have ambulances. They don't have power to run, we know how our electrical, electricity situation is. So how how will our hospitals ever be able to compete globally? Uh, you know, so we, we, we need to begin to have this global mindset in, in our infrastructure development. We shouldn't just want to meet the need, but we should want to be competitive globally. We have so much of uh, medical tourism happening every year. So many billions of, uh, of our foreign exchanges going for medical tourism because we have refused to invest strategically and, uh, in, in our health infrastructures. And it's it's uh, the more we our population grows, the more pressure we have on the little that we have here. So we we have to begin to look at it from the uh, from the angle of not just doing infrastructure, but doing it in a global competitive manner. If we do that, probably strategically over a couple of years, we should be begin to maybe compete and be one of the best 25 hospitals in Africa. And gradually, the first 10, and then probably we may have the best health facilities. When you go to some of these facilities globally or anywhere, you find them, they are run, run, they are run by Nigerians, are manned by Nigerians. Mm. And you know, and it's unfortunate that right here in our country, we don't have what we produce in abundance. So that is the, the you know the ironic uh, situation we have found ourselves. You know, Doc, um, Mr. Peter, we're looking at how to bridge some of these gaps now. If you talk about maternal health care, your first point of call will be, of course, primary health care that is within the environment of that individual. Yeah. So you look at the primary health care center. For instance, yeah. let me not go too far. One of the communities we visited here in the FCT, somewhere Lukuku in Guagualada Area Council, 
the primary health care that was built there was built in 2020 and the drugs in that primary health care facility some of them have expired some will be expiring in the next two months or three months and um, according to the medical experts who went there with they said that that community will go into extinction in the next five to ten years if nothing is done and just give you an instance with what we have here in the federal capital territory and we're talking about neonatal child health here now how yeah. to take care of the child yeah. and the mother also carrying the baby looking at all of these our uh, primary health centers are in a comatose are we really ready to fight this war yeah, so thank you very much for the background you gave because uh, I've also been to quite a number of health facilities here in the FCT. Uh, they have over 250 primary health care centers, but I don't think we can boast of 50, even 30 functional, functional primary health care centers, you know, because when you go around the six area councils, um, probably an area council can probably just boast of one or two functional primary health care centers and these are the facilities that are closest to the people mm. that is why you can't win the battle of improving maternal health care where without uh, focusing on improving your primary health care uh, services in any country you, you 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 find out that people rather choose to go for secondary health care rather than coming to the primary health care and you know most times the secondary facilities are farther away from them and that causes in itself a lot of maternal death because i could get a facility in five minutes and rather i choose to go to a facility that's an hour away mm -hmm. that exposes me to a lot of risk so so and when you see the way our health spending has been over the years, you will find out that we are spending a chunk of our health expenditures, I mean, capital expenditure on healthcare, on the higher levels of care. Some assessment that was done recently shows that over 80% of the capital expenditure of the Ministry of Health is on higher level of healthcare. And just a 30-20% or less for the primary health care. And, and if we look at those that are the facilities that we have more, at least so much more primary health care centers compared to the secondary health care centers, but we spend so far less on the primary health care centers. But we, I think we are thankful now with the coming of the Basic Health Care Provision Fund you know, that uh, it's trying to really address some of these issues and uh, probably we'll begin to see some improvement over the years, but that improvement is still very gradual. We must, we must really um, uh, pay attention to this primary health care center. I know the federal government has a, 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 a program to, re to revitalize 10,000 primary health care centers at this of one functional primary health care center per ward. We have about 8,800 um, political wards in Nigeria. So the plan is to have at least one functional primary health care center per ward. If this is achieved, 
this will help to a large extent to address the issue of maternal health care that is really now in the country. Thank you. Now, beyond this, we know we need medical doctors to, you know, function in these yeah. primary health care centers. And most doctors wouldn't, don't want to go there for their reasons. What way can the federal government encourage these doctors to go to these rural areas? Some will say because they are rural, no basic communities there and all of that. How can these doctors and nurses be encouraged to go to some of these rural areas and, um, you know, work in these primary health care centers we have? Thank you very much. You know, this is part of one of the biggest challenges that we have, actually, because human resource um, is grossly inadequate. We know that. But when it now comes to um, uh, optimizing the little that we have, I don't mm. think we are doing well on that. Uh, because um, obviously the primary health care centers have been neglected. Um, but I think um, the government has also passed some uh, uh, relevant uh, policies that can improve the situation, though it's not uh, well implemented, I would say. Like the tax shifting, tax sharing policy. It's supposed to be uh, an arrangement whereby uh, there are some certain tax that over the years have been reserved for only medical doctors and, you know, to gradually transfer some of those tasks to lower cater of healthcare so that they have the capacity to do it and then they can perform in a qualitative way, same uh, service, the way a doctor would have done it. You know, but I think we, we still have a lot of gaps here because there's a lot of training gaps, there's a lot of you know, need for retraining so that um, the, the, the nurses, even the community health workers are able to take up some of these uh, roles. Another way we can look at this is that if um, the, um, uh, the individual states now will be able to find a way of rotating, um, you know, uh, uh, um, a doctor visits to primary health care center. You know, we, 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 we actually uh, have tried to pilot this in one or two places, and we saw that it was working, whereby a doctor visits a primary health care center twice every week. And uh, it's, not, it's not the same doctor that goes there every week. The person that goes um, uh, this week will probably have another month to rest before he has another visit to another primary health care center. This is it's part of the ways to optimize the little that we have. If we wait until we're able to employ all the doctors for this um, lower level of care, our primary health care, it's going to take a lot of time. Another way is we have um, some of our, um, even um, uh, the, uh, this, um, Empower um, 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 uh, human resource channel towards primary health care. It's potential the burden. For example, it wouldn't be a doctor. If someone is a science lab person or understands health way, he can be posted to a hospital to take records. That will take off the time a nurse is having to update records and all that. That nurse can attend to patients. You know, so we should find a way of pushing more 
human resource that we have, the low-hanging fruits like coppers, like um, uh, and, and power, should be should be should be given assignments, you know, to do in primary healthcare centers, so that they can lessen the technical uh, as, uh, aspect of the work. In, in uh, Mr. Yeah. Peter, why I ask yeah. this question is this: You talked about core members or empower, just name it. Yeah. Pushing yeah. to these rural areas, every human being wants what will actually help him or her out. And um, when yeah. someone has tasted some of the life in um, the good life in the city, and you're <coughs> trying to push this person to a rural area where there's no light, there's no good portable water, and um, there's no roads, and um, you know, mosquito. Don't forget about that. Uh, these yeah. are some things that are militating some will say is militating against people going to the villages or rural areas to go work as you know primary health workers yeah so i agree with you there's obviously challenge of infrastructure but what we and everybody wants to be in the urban areas and where they have a better life and we want to challenge you know but we we have to um also look at it from the perspective that um if primary health care centers are able to have at least maybe uh, like a quarters, like a staff quarters, okay. um, decent accommodation uh, with water and um, light and, and um, uh, you know, some basic things that can make, encourage someone to um, consider, you know, it, 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 it could go a long way to give you some sort of comfort to uh, want to, you know, uh, uh, provide this service at that level. But, uh, and also, you know, it's unfortunate that um, um, the, 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 the mindset of the young people is more towards, you know, uh, is no more for national service, you know, as we, some of us had when we served. We served in the rural areas, and we were teaching in schools, and we are doing it happily. You know, but but, but, but some will say that, that that was when the country was a little <laughs> bit okay, where you can go, people look after you. But in this yeah. current dispensation of high level of insecurity, most yeah. people don't even want their kids to go to any village and serve. Yeah. I so much with you, and it's it's going to take a, a, a holistic approach to this. It's not just uh, um, pushing uh, young couples or. Uh, um, empower people to rural places. There, there has to be, as you try to do that, it has to be built with incentives. It has to be worthwhile. Um, you know, if uh, someone that is made to serve in a rural area he is, is, is properly looked after and properly compensated compared to those in the city, it may be an incentive. If, you know, so those are things that will that has to be looked at in a holistic way and i think uh policy makers need to find a way of sitting down together to address this issue you know uh jointly well before I, let, before I let you go if you yeah. were to advise government on this what would be your advice oh if i'm to advise government on what respecting on how to you know solve this problem of taking care of our primary health care centers. Okay. Yeah. So 
I'll, I'll, I'll first of all um, um, just let government know that they already have a fantastic uh, policy or uh, like a um, a reform ongoing, which is the Basic Healthcare Provision Fund. Unfortunately, the releases have been very poor. Um, uh, most of the funds are still there, uh, locked up, not created to where it should go to. Uh, thankfully, the fund is growing fast as it's a statutory allocation from the uh, from the national budget. However, I think there's not been more than two or three releases to states since 2018, which uh, is far, you know, grossly, you know, unacceptable looking at the pressure or the stress people went through to get the, the National Health Act passed that, um, you know, guarantee this um, provision of a basic minimum package of health service for Nigerians. So, we're going to advise governments to look again holistically at the implementation of the BHCPF and make sure that it's able to um, really begin to address some of this problem at the primary health care level. I also um, encourage uh, in partnership because a lot of um, uh, innovations are coming up uh, like uh, open maternity days, group ANC. These are things that make the primary health care more attractive to um, the community people. The community needs to uh, uh, own the, their primary health care center. They should see it as their thing. And they should not see it as uh, a government thing. If they see it as their own, they will be able to um, give their best to make sure those centers are functional. They will hold the health workers accountable. When the health worker is not there, they speak up and the uh, government is able to react because there's a limit to what government really can do. Primary health care is actually best run when the community takes their place. If the community takes ownership, primary health care will work. No matter how much government pushes into primary health care, if the community stays back and don't own it, it's going to work. So uh, we, the, the, that should be part of what um, we are going to, uh, I'm going to encourage government to do. And strengthen community participation get to the community, let them see that this is my thing, and then uh, gradually pull out and let the community run their primary health care themselves. That, that will work with time. And that's what I will add for now. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Peter Oshaji. I appreciate it. And, um, thank you for having me. Have, yourself have a nice day. A great yeah. weekend, okay? Goodbye. Alright, okay, bye-bye. That has been the voice of uh, Mr. Peter Oshaji, a public health expert. At this point, we'll take a quick break, go pay some bills. When we come back, we'll get to hear from you. Stay tuned, don't go nowhere. Okay, welcome back to the podium. Our current affairs flagship program, policy strategy and good governance, in case you're just tuning in. And then today being Friday's NIR Post Day, where we discuss Nigerian numbers and figures. On NIR Post today, we're looking at, uh, you know, the issue of maternal health care. We spoke with Mr. Peter Oshaji, a public health expert. And um, some of the revelations made are uh, very worrisome. When you have 
about 262 children who die every year and then about 50,000 women who die every year as a result of um, through childbirth that is not a good one for us good to have you back Patricia thanks Basi. for having me Penya. and uh, like I told us earlier if you talk about top 10 you know hospitals in Africa Nigeria is nowhere near it and it will so amaze you that countries that you least expect to be on this chart are the ones topping it you have Kenya Kenya is number one you have South Africa of course South Africa is number two you have um, Tanzania Tanzania is number three in Africa Kenya again four South Africa five Egypt six Egypt again seven you now have um, South Africa 8, Tunisia 9, and then Morocco 10. There's no Nigeria anywhere near this rating. But I would also like, um, to, I'd like us to see that you're saying 10 best hospitals in the world. Mm -hmm. But we, the focus should also be, or the important part of the conversation should also be, before we even talk about the world, let's look at Nigeria on its own, in our own country. Mm. How many functional hospitals do we have? Like Mr. Peter had also stated and pointed out that, I mean, every day the population of Nigeria is growing. It's increasing. It's increasing, yes. And when we look at, according to econometric models, Nigeria's population is projected to trend to about 210 0.87 million that was as a 2021 and then in 2020 it's expected that we would have about 215.87 million in 2022 alone so the question is do we have enough, enough hospitals, medical facilities, facilities to, to accommodate help, yes accommodate these growing numbers so even it so the question is how do we make that happen how do we put this in place how do we make sure that everyone is able to access healthcare? I would also like to um, draw us back to um, findings from a, a health insurance poll that we did where we found out that most Nigerians, about 8 in 10 adult Nigerians, have no health coverage. So when we look at this, so it's not just about the health sector. Are people able to afford how easy, how accessible is the health system in Nigeria? And we have about 8 in 10 Nigerians um, who do not have access to um, health coverage and when we even went on further to ask them okay so what do you do like when you fall ill how do you we had 44 percent who stated that they visit a pharmacy to get um, medical help or to get attention we had 39 percent who said they go to a chemist we had 28 percent who say they self um, medicate and for people who even for the proportion who had stated that they even go to the hospital, 77% of them stated that they pay out of pocket and 18% of them, just 18, say they use um, health insurance coverage. And we, 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 I would still tie it down to some of the factors that Mr. Peter had um, pointed out that in our health system in Nigeria, some of the major factors, some of the things that we, um, challenges that we are facing ranges from funding how much allocation is being put into the health system how much are they investing in the health sector we find out that most of our politicians the elites most of them travel out for medical care so that money if it's being channeled into the right place or if it's being allocated properly don't we think that rather than having to travel out one is able to assess proper um, medical 
care here in Nigeria. We can also attribute also personnel and welfare. When we talk about personnel, we're talking about doctors, medical doctors. How many medical doctors do we have for the hospitals? And then when you have this population, imagine having like a hundred people visit a particular hospital and they need a medical attention at the same time. Do we have enough doctors? Not just enough doctors, how many qualified doctors do we have? We see that most of our medical personnel, Nigerian doctors, are traveling out of the country. Some even go to other African countries just for better living. So how do we address, how do we fix this? So these are some of the issues well, going around the health sector. Very strong questions there that um, are begging for answers. But then, on the other hand, as citizens, until we start, you know, to question our leaders, ask them to give us account of their stewardship, we'll just keep running around this circle. It's another year for us to go decide who will lead us. Whatever decision you take today will go a long way in affecting your future, either positively or negatively. Well, the best for me from you is you just have to choose wisely. This is where we draw the curtain for today. Once again, happy new month to you and it's a weekend. So make sure you take good care of yourself. Patricia, thank you for being part of the program today. Thank you for having me. And also Mr. Peter Oshaji. Thank you for your time today. My name is Peniel, Peniel the other. It's bye-bye from me for now.